Welcome to the Lucky Titan Podcast. Here you will learn how to fill your favorite platform with tons of your dream customers from some of the world's top entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Josh Tapp. Now let's get started. What's up, everybody? Josh Tapp here again, and welcome back to the Lucky Titan Podcast. Today, we have Jerome Cortout with us here. And I'm really excited to have Jerome here because he is the founder of SalesFlare, which is a CRM that's really taking the market by a storm right now. He's been able to build multiple companies in the software space, software as a service space. And I mean, we, like most of you know, we really don't bring out a lot of people in the software space. So this will be really fun to see kind of what Jerome is doing currently and also really the direction that their company is going and helping people to succeed with sales. So Jerome, say what's up to everybody and then let's hop in. What's up? <laughs> so glad to have you here, man. So Jerome, let's start this off first by, I want to ask you, um, why, why SaaS? Why'd you get into this software as a service type business? Oh, um, to make a long story short, I always like building websites and it sort of naturally flows uh, in, uh, into each other. Like a website is, uh, was fun at some point, uh, like to, to build sort of an experience. Uh, but really at some point you want to build more than that. You want to actually help people. Uh, and that automatically leads you into the, the software space. Um, and nowadays, all software is SaaS. I mean, there's still other software, right? <laughs> uh, but most software is SaaS. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And that, that's why it's been kind of funny that people still call them SaaS because I'm like, it's pretty much all the same thing, right? It's always a service. Yeah, software business. Yeah. <laughs> what, what software isn't a service? That's what I've been trying to figure out. But uh, so, uh, yeah, just about everything. Actually, if you think about Photoshop, for instance, now they sell it on a, you still download it, but you still you buy it as a subscription together with maybe your Adobe Premiere and your Adobe Edition and whatever. Uh, it all sort of becomes SaaS, even if it's not uh, web-based software. As mm -hmm. Right. I've always been curious if people are going to start, if somebody is going to start a, a software company and then just sell it individually uh, instead of as a SaaS model, but we'll see if that happens. I feel like that'd be a good marketing strategy. Um, um, it depends. Uh, I think sometimes that makes sense when people uh, need something one-off. Uh, it's really not something that investors like to see uh, because they like to see, and, and honestly for yourself also, it's, it's better to have recurring business. Uh, it's, it's much nicer to build a business on, on the recurring business and one-off uh, payments. Uh, but I know that, for instance, the guys at SparkToro, they offer you the option, like either you um, do the, uh, the one-off research with their tool, uh, and then it's a bit more expensive for this one-off thing, but at least you don't pay uh, for a while, um, or you go for the subscription if, if it's something you do regularly. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, so I want to ask you this. You know, starting a SaaS company in today's world, it's pretty tough. I mean, there's, there's a lot yeah. of companies that bottle rocket, right? They take off and then they disappear. And so what have you guys been using, you know, methodology wise to actually get your product to market? Because I mean, I even know a lot of guys in the SaaS space who they're really good at coding and they're really good at making an awesome product, but getting it out to market is, is what's really hard for them. Yeah. I'll, I'll maybe, I'll maybe frame first a bit what we're doing so people understand this better. Uh, so we, um, we build a CRM system. Um, uh, CRM space is, uh, if you think about a software space, it's the biggest software space out there. Like uh, it's, uh, 
bigger than I think the, the runner-up is business intelligence. Uh, the top is CRM because it's very central to a business. It's where you manage your customers. Uh, uh, if you go look on g2.com, there's over 600 CRMs out there. So it's huge, lots of different uh, software companies. Um, and in addition to that, um, there's companies that dominate the space already, which makes it extra difficult because these are gigantic companies with gigantic budgets uh, that we fight against. Uh, so for us, first of all, uh, it's very important to, and, and that's where, where most software companies begin, is really um, um, pinning down your target market. Uh, people often like to refer to their niche, uh, although I think it's a bit uh, overused word of something that some means something else kind of, but okay. Um, so you, you, uh, you, be, you're very specific about your target market. Uh, for us, um, we don't do enterprises. That's where it starts. We do uh, small and medium-sized uh, businesses. We've started with small ones, but more and more we have medium-sized, which are, are slightly better customers to us. And we've sort of grown into that. Um, we focus on the ones who sell B2B. Uh, that just helps very much to keep our software uh, straightforward because if you need to allow B2C kind of stuff as well, the sort of the, the way the software is built needs to be more complex. Um, and then within that, we focus very much on the sales aspect. We don't do everything. Uh, we focus on companies that want to do better at sales, follow, following up leads. That's the main purpose. And then within that, um, we focus on uh, mostly agencies on the one hand, think like marketing agencies of all kinds of all kinds of sources, lots of types of marketing agencies out there uh, and software development agencies uh, that sort of uh, quite related nowadays, especially when a lot of the marketing agencies are actually digital marketing agencies. And on the other hand, uh, the second persona we have uh, is um, uh, tech startups, I would say. So it's, it's actually just companies like us. A lot of those are SaaS companies. Uh, and then when you then pick your niche and you go like that deep already, uh, then still in many spaces, uh, you have multiple competitors of which some are, are big and that's the same in our case. Uh, and maybe even more so because we're in the CRM space. So then it's all about uh, differ differentiation versus these other players and being extremely clear about it. Uh, because after all, people are buying uh, through the internet. Um, they very often do not meet a salesperson. They do not have the time to be convinced about something. It needs to be clear to them when they read a web page. And uh, with all the limited attention span that people have nowadays, it needs to be super clear. Uh, so crisp differentiation there is, 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 is essential. Where we differentiate then, it's um, like most CRMs fail because uh, you don't manage to keep them up to date and Salesflare fills out itself to say it very, very simply. Um, that's where it all starts and really knowing uh, who you're going after and how you're different is going to uh, inform a lot of the things you do. Actually everything <laughs> uh, from uh, the way you 
like like where you find leads where you go on the internet to, to find them which ones you, you perhaps scrape uh, how you uh, frame your your messages how you build your website uh, the, the core things you focus on in product development all these things sort of tied to that uh, so when you start a company or you're trying to um, get better at you, you, you sort of plateaued and you want to make that next step this is where you should really 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 focus on uh, because your success at, at, at positioning yourself will make all the difference uh, towards your success just because uh, the software space is just just exploding and there's so much out there and, and a, a, an additional thing which I didn't mention yet is um, the software space it all started in, in Silicon Valley um, where people get a huge amount of money to, to develop a thing and grow it really fast. Uh, nowadays, especially in B2B software, it's not about that massive growth anymore. That's more something for B2C. And what you start seeing then is that it's more about this consistent sort of growth and, um, and what is very important then uh, partly is um, revenues versus costs. And that's where many countries uh, like, like Silicon Valley become, starts becoming quite weak uh, because their salaries are so, so enormous um, versus compared to uh, India where there's tons of good developers out there uh, at, at extremely low uh, cost. Uh, so you, you see more and more Indian companies coming in the market, setting prices lower because in the home market, uh, prices are lower already and their costs are lower um, and developing tons of functionality. Uh, so you're definitely not gonna win uh, the functionality and price game anymore. Uh, what's what's extremely important is is your positioning, and additionally probably um, user experience and ease of use. Uh, if you don't focus on these things anymore nowadays, you're 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 dead. Yeah, and I mean, it seems like when when you're trying to launch a product that's a lower cost product, you know, whether that's a physical product or a SaaS company. I mean, for you guys, right, your base price is like thirty to thirty five dollars, correct? Mm-hmm. Or for your CRM, correct, per month, right? So when you know when you're looking at that price point, I mean, it's pretty daunting to say, "Wow, we'd have to have like what three thousand to nine thousand people to break a million dollars per year." So let's talk a little bit about distribution. So how have you um, how have you guys been distributing your software, especially in the B two B space, right? Because B two B feels like you almost always have to have like a sales team doing calls and everything uh, no i mean that that very much uh depends on the size of the customers you're going after like you said uh if you think about uh, our pricing uh to do a million yeah you need a lot have a lot of users um and but there's there's also companies that that aim at have a, have a higher pricing per whatever user or company or, uh, and that will, that will have a totally different strategy. Actually, uh, uh, two weeks ago, I wrote a blog post on this. Uh, you can probably find it if you type SaaS sales, Salesflare in Google, 
soon, 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 probably when you type SaaS sales, but not yet because it's very new. Uh, but in that article, I explain like uh, that you can focus on on different uh, sizes of animals, and that the animals actually come from um, uh, what's his name, the angel VC, one of the VCs at Point Nine Capital, and uh, you can focus on mice, you can focus on rabbits, deer, elephants, whales, and I don't know what there was another uh, huge ones, dinosaurs or something. Uh, we are in the the rabbit space, but we like, like I said at the beginning, we're, we're doing more and more medium-sized companies, more like small deer. Uh, now, if you're focusing on small deer, that's where you can start doing actual outreach inside sales. Uh, so, so no going to, going to people or something, uh, but you, you can actually start doing more of the, the emailing uh, together with calling because then you can, you can make it, a decent ROI on it. But many software companies, uh, especially focusing on, on the ones on small companies, almost all of them focus on rabbits. And in the case of rabbits, uh, you need to generate a humongous amount of inbound leads. That's the only way you're going to be able to grow your business to, uh, you, you said a million, but usually, uh, actually the post of the this guy of which I forgot the name, Angel VC. Um, he um, he says uh, five strategies to reach a hundred million business because that's what VCs have in mind. Uh, is like, can I take this company, uh, invest money in it, and and make it a hundred million business? Um, so, for instance, in our case, what we mainly get leads from is one. Uh, word of mouth, but that's something that only comes after you have people on board. So it's not the first thing. Um, we get them from SEO, um, SEO on very specific use cases. We get them from review sites. That's something that is very uh, similar to word of mouth. And, and we get them from content marketing and, and content marketing or SEO are, are, are quite related, but some things are just more directed to um, directly creating leads and some are more like putting people into a, a funnel uh, you could say um, and that's that's absolutely necessary if you focus on on these smaller companies because anything else will not uh, make sense ROI wise because you, you're gonna you're gonna try to um, to gain back what you've invested into acquiring these customers in let's say about six months. And it should not be more than uh, one third or one fourth of what you spent to acquire them. Uh, no, of, of the eventual customer lifetime value, you shouldn't spend more than that on, on acquiring them. Yeah. And, and I think I, I really like that, you know, thanks for sharing that, you know, the SEO review sites, content marketing. I feel like those are the long-term strategies like you're talking about when you're really shooting for, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously they work in the short term as well, but when you're shooting for a hundred million dollar company. So for you guys, you know, you've, you've figured out your distribution channels, you figured out your customers, but one of the core questions that I've had throughout this is, is what was the need that you saw in the market that your CRM fills? Yeah, of, of in in very in very short, um, 
I used to work in marketing consultancy before. I worked with Salesforce. Uh, Salesforce always sells itself. Like you're gonna organize yourself with this, this and make more sales and all that. I tried it, didn't work for me. Uh, it just uh, was extremely cumbersome. It didn't feel like it was made, uh, like I was using consumer software on the one end and then Salesforce on the other end, uh, total polar opposites. Like uh, I, I would, for instance, like uh, keep my leads in Wunderlist. Great, great to do app. It's, oh, it's killed now, but, um, and then, uh, and then I would try to do it on Salesforce and I was like, I mean, how, why? I, I didn't understand. Um, and I saw that it, it was actually all my colleagues, same issue. Nobody was really organizing themselves in Salesforce. All we did actually was putting stuff in there for management, very much management reporting. Um, and then I didn't do anything with that inside for a few years until I worked with my current co-founder on, on another software company. And um, we had a lot of leads. We went to a big conference in Vegas and we, uh, we had a booth there and started selling. Um, and after the conference, we had to follow these people up. Um, and we really wanted to build a good system. Like nobody would slip through the cracks and would always follow up people at the right times, know exactly what we discussed the last time, who they were and what, what they cared about and all those kind of things. Um, and we tried to do that with different systems, not with Salesforce, because I knew that was not going to help. Um, and we found some, some better stuff, but still these things always failed because simply we couldn't uh, muster up the consistent discipline uh, to fill out these systems perfectly. Like these, we didn't feel like these perfect data input robots. Um, so what always happened is that um, it wasn't completely filled out or the data was not really quality enough. We didn't update or whatever. And at some point you look at the system and you look in there and it's like, oh yeah, it's, it's not there because we didn't put it in there. And then the system just starts failing. From there, it's all downwards. Um, and then we started thinking about that, how we could solve that for ourselves. Um, and we figured out what, with, this, with the CRMs that we were using, we're actually like uh, maintaining two different worlds. Like, we were communicating with the customer and then we had this other tab or whatever other app um, where we would then input manually what, whatever, whatever we did or uh, maybe the information they shared with us. Or, um, and we figured that actually all these things could be connected because in the sales process, more and more things are digital and basically software could just pull it in uh, so we started building software that uh, connects to your mailbox and pulls out like who are you in contact with, what did you exchange in terms of emails, what email signatures did they have and, and pull that in, all these kind of things. Insert email tracking and connect that up with web tracking. Uh, we connect with your uh, calendar uh, to pull out meetings. Who are you meeting with? What is it about? All those kind of things. Um, your, your phone, get full call histories, match that up. Um, uh, like I said, the email tracking, the web tracking, we also pull in company database infos and stuff from social media so that it really starts living. Like you as a salesperson don't have to do all that work anymore. A few things like saying like, yes, this person belongs to this company, stuff like that, but not the, the, the bare data input anymore. And the system updates itself. Uh, so you always know what's, what's, what's going on. 
uh, and that just makes it much easier for salespeople to to maintain a system that will make that they can build relationships at scale because in the end uh, that's that's what's hardest as a salesperson is like as long as you're uh, trying to sell something to five people you can do that just based on your memory right you don't need a system uh, but as soon as you get to let's say 20 then that becomes really hard uh, and you'll you'll start missing out on things and people will be disappointed and you won't sell stuff that were actually stuff you should have sold um, and that's when you need a CRM um, and yeah we just we just make sure that that works and by having that data there now we're actually um, seeing that there's a lot of possibilities uh, to do more with that because as soon as you have data then that unleashes so many possibilities. Um, the software now helps you uh, automatically to remind you when you didn't follow up with someone, when you didn't answer someone's email, when you forgot to input meeting notes or something. Um, but it also uh, can send automated emails from your mailbox, just as if it's you, uh, based on specific triggers that you set. Uh, and these can be even uh, flows of emails like you could uh, send the first email and if it, they don't reply, send another one. So the system can, can start taking over part of your follow-up or your prospecting. Yeah, I love that. So, you know, we're coming up to the end of the interview here, Jerome. So I want to ask you two final questions. The first one is where can people get access to Salesflare? Uh, Salesflare or just on salesflare.com. So, and Flare is F-L-A-R-E. And at the top right, it says something I tried for free. Uh, if you click that, you can try it for free and it takes anywhere between seven and 30 days. Uh, we made it in such a way that people are incentivized to set up the software more because then your trial just gets longer and longer uh, because we saw that the, the more, the better people get set up in the very, very early stages, like in the trial defines your success uh, for, for the years to come. So uh, we made sure that that, uh, that happens. That's awesome. Love that. Well, and then my final question to you, Drone, is, is if you could leave one final parting piece of guidance for our audience, what would that be? Uh, is it about SaaS or is it about... Uh... Um, for you, it's, you could say it's based off of what's the one thing you hope they would take away from this interview. Oh, uh, maybe one thing I, I, didn't, I, I didn't mention and I was thinking at some point that I want to add. Uh, so I've been explaining... Um, uh, what works for us now, uh, where we get leads from. Uh, but what I often see and, 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 and other startups come to us and they say, oh, what, what works for you? you know, like, what are these, where do leads come from and all? And uh, mostly these, these, these uh, companies are quite early stage and they think they're going to build it in a way that it's sort of like, like we are, much further, they're going to build it the same way. While actually in the very early stages, we did not get our leads from there at all. Uh, we would have to go through the, the, the more non-scalable steps of uh, finding people, uh, convincing them, doing demos, uh, setting the, the software up together with them, you know, <laughs> the, the full grind. I would, I would, back in the day, I would do this on Skype, uh, every single thing we did together. Um, the leads didn't come to us. We had to find them, uh, you know, 
Um, early stages are not to be confused with later on. Uh, there's stuff you need to build up and it's really essential that you build up your business step by step um, because it's not just that you cannot immediately scale it. It's also super dangerous um, because you will miss out on so many things that you see when you first done it manually. Uh, when you first done it the non-scalable way, like for instance, uh, me setting up the software together with someone, I would always see this, this horrible um, things happening, like, oh my God, and then write it down, you know? Like, oh no, oh, is that a bug, you know? <laughs> uh, and at least we could fix those things while when, when you immediately unleash people on your software without being there with them, uh, you sort of have to rely on, on, on this kind of uh, screen videos that you automatically, uh, from Hotjar or so, uh, but you, you don't get the full story and it's very hard to, to improve things in a, in a meaningful way. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Lucky Titan Podcast. If you want to fill your favorite platform with dream customers, then come join myself and thousands of others of hosts at theluckytitan.com slash tribe. Here you can find guests for your show, get featured on other shows, and discover the secrets to building an audience of raving fans. So once again, go create your free account at theluckytitan.com slash tribe.